This podcast is brought to you by the Gosh Learning Academy. Hello and welcome to Gosh Pods. Over the next few weeks on Gosh Pods, we're going to be exploring topics within anaesthesia and pain medicine. In this first two-part episode, I'm joined by Dr. Helen Laycock, an honorary clinical lecturer in pain medicine and consultant in paediatric pain and anaesthesia at Gosh. She's going to be talking to me about the assessment and management of acute pain in children. We really hope you enjoy the episode. Thank you so much for joining me on the show today, Helen. An absolute pleasure. So we're talking today about acute pain in children. So specifically, I guess, thinking about the children that we treat and look after at Great Ormond Street. And so firstly, I was just hoping to get some numbers to get an understanding of kind of how big a problem this is. Do we know how many children experience acute pain as a hospital inpatient, either within GOSH or more nationally or even internationally? I think that's a really interesting question to think about because actually the data has sort of been out there internationally, but it's not very comprehensive. So we've known since the early 1970s that actually children experience pain when they're in hospital and the proportion of children who experience pain is actually quite high. So if you go back sort of 30, 40 years, we know that the incidence of acute pain across the board in medical and surgical patients is about 75%. And those that are experiencing severe pain is nearly one in five, so nearly 20%. Now, this has not been comprehensively studied either in the UK or internationally. So it's very much individual hospitals or groups of hospitals will do sort of snapshot surveys and see how many children who are admitted in the hospital at that any one time actually are experiencing pain. And then they get them to rate them in some way between sort of mild pain, moderate pain or severe pain or no pain. And it's been replicated in both America and in Canada that these figures still exist in the early 2000s. And through the last study that looked at this was about 2014. And we know, again, you're looking at sort of 75, 80% of children will say that they've experienced pain while they were in hospital. And that's pain that they can recall when asked about it. And then again, those that say that this pain is severe would sort of report that to be about 20%. So I would say it's a huge problem and we probably don't have a grasp of how widespread it is, but things haven't really changed in a very long time. And so we're obviously not quite doing things well at the moment. Okay. And how does that figure compare to the adult population? So kind of 75% experiencing pain, 20% severe pain. Is that roughly consistent with what we see in adults as well? Or is pain more or less likely in children? I think it's actually very comparable to adults. I think what's interesting is often what we do in children, especially in pain medicine, is extrapolate from what we do in adults. And this is sort of the case for what we see when we survey populations as well in adults. So the most up-to-date data in the UK is the PQIP data. So that's the UK Perioperative Quality Improvement Programme. And they have data since 2017 looking at about 20,000 patients. And in those 20,000 patients that they've looked at, 
we know that pain is prevalent and severe pain after surgery is around one in 20. And that's sort of the latest figures that were published last year. Interestingly, that then spans out internationally. So if we look at data from Germany in around 2012, 2013, there was a fantastic prospective observational study that looked at 50,000 patients in Germany and found that in those who'd undergone surgery, in the first 24 hours after having the surgery, nearly 50% of them reported having pain. And that was severe in a gain over 20%. So I think what we're seeing in a surgical population is, you know, sort of four out of five patients get pain. One in five, it's severe pain. And then if we look at medical patients, again, this hasn't been studied as much as in surgical patients. But in adults, the last sort of data in the UK from around 2004 suggested over half of medical patients who are adults in hospital experience pain whilst they're an inpatient. So I think, again, it just reflects what we're sort of seeing in children, that the data isn't tremendously comprehensive, but really lots of patient experience pain and a significant proportion will experience severe pain. And so it would seem from those numbers that having surgery might be a risk factor for having pain. And I mean, that's common sense as well. Are there any other risk factors for predicting which children will develop pain or severe pain at any point during their stay? I think there were a few. I think the first thing to note is that there seems to be an assumption that surgical patients are the patients that experience pain and medical patients don't experience pain. And that's sort of an assumption we all take through our careers as doctors or as nurses. And you see that in the frequency of nursing pain assessments and doctor pain assessments that we're more likely to ask a patient, are you having pain if you've had surgery? And we often sort of neglect asking that question. And so I certainly think it's important to realise that the numbers that we have of how frequently people experience pain, both children and adults, probably underrepresents medical patients because we just don't look for it enough and we just haven't asked for it in national studies. However, as you said, having surgery is obviously a risk factor for experiencing pain. Whatever surgery it is, you've got a tissue injury and through the healing of that tissue injury, you're going to get inflammation in the area of the incision. And at that point, you're going to have mediators released in the periphery that activates your nerve cells that transmit pain, so your peripheral nociceptors. So we know that surgery is obviously a risk. If we look at which surgical patients are more at risk of having sort of very severe pain, there are sort of patient-related factors and there are surgery-related factors, I would say. And I think for starters, we know that certain surgeries are more associated with significant pain and that's sort of where the incision is, how large the incision is, where in the body it sort of goes. So does it transect any nerves? How long does the surgery go on for? We know that longer surgical time is associated with increased pain postoperatively. And then I think when we think about patient factors, we then need to think about what's going on, what the patient demographic factors and also what's going on with the patient. So 
there's not comprehensive evidence in children as to what are really big risk factors. But if we extrapolate from adults, often being female is associated with worse pain after surgery. We don't know why that might be related to actually genetic sex differences in how we process pain. I think we know that age of patient influences the risk of postoperative pain. Interestingly, that's from adult data. So we know younger adults have more severe pain than older adults for the same type of surgery. Once you get into a pediatric population, actually when you get to extremes of age, there is a suggestion that there is less pain. I would probably say that's more because we don't or can't evaluate it in quite the right way. But I'll sort of touch on that a little bit later. And then I think we know that there are psychological risk factors as well. So if a young person, or more importantly, if their family are anxious about what the surgery entails and what their post-operative pain journey is going to be like, that leads to worse pain post-operatively if we don't alleviate that before they even come in for surgery. And we also know that any young people who have pain before they come into surgery also are more at risk of worse pain after surgery. So there's kind of quite a lot of factors that we think are related to worse pain after surgery in children, but it's not sort of really well evidenced, I would say. But there's certainly risk factors there that we should be screening for when any of us, be that surgical teams, medical teams, pre-op assessment teams, are doing workup for children coming in for operations. And now thinking kind of about management of acute pain, in your opinion, what are some of the challenges with managing pain in children as opposed to in adults? Well, I think there are a few things. I think we're trying to do something very complex. We're trying to put together pain plans for young people that range from neonates all the way through to adolescents and, you know, young adults. And that means we know that the pharmacokinetics and the pharmacodynamics of any drug are different across those ages. And across those ages, there are huge physiological differences with impact on how drugs bind to receptors, but also the side effect profile of each drug. And that needs to be taken into account. I think we need to be mindful as well that cognitive development and psychology impacts significantly. We know that pain is a biopsychosocial experience and an exceptionally complex experience. And we can't really extrapolate the biology from the psychology and the social context, which is, you know, is the child at school? Are they worried about their exams? What's going on at home? What's happening in the family? Who are their support structures and friendship structures? All of those things sort of impact and how they impact differs depending on the age of the child. So just thinking about things from the start is complex. We can't, there isn't a one size fits all for children. It's very much neonates are different to, I would say, preschool children to primary school, secondary school and young adults. So that's the first problem. The second problem is we have very little data related to what medicines, if we're thinking about just about pharmacotherapy for pain, what medicines actually work in children. So often they are single dosing studies. So it's we give one dose of paracetamol and see what the pain scores are in six hours time. It doesn't look at the child's journey 
be that after surgery or with chronic pain or just with pain in general. The drugs that we've had those trials for aren't that wide ranging. So we use a lot of medicines, sort of what we would say off license in children for pain. Again, sort of extrapolating from data that we have in adults and saying, well, it works in adults in this circumstance, so it might work in children in this circumstance. And actually then understanding the side effect profiles, contraindications becomes a lot more difficult. And finally, we don't really know how to evaluate the efficacy of these medicines. So often you'll find with pain medicine trials, they'll look at really short time periods, say after an operation. So they might only look at six hours after an operation. Well, actually, I want to know what's happening day one, day two, day five, day seven after an operation, because those are really important times in a child's journey to getting better, getting home and getting back to their normal life. And pain studies don't look at that. They often sort of think about what a child's intensity of pain is. So they'll ask them what, say, their number of pain is out of 10, with one being no pain at all and 10 being the worst pain possibly imaginable. But again, that fails to appreciate how complex pain as an experience is. So they don't look at when the child is moving around, when the child's eating and drinking, when they're playing, and when can they get back to school. All of those things actually should probably be part of pain trials. And then when we think about measuring pain, that's really difficult in children as well. So all of these things make it terribly difficult to work out what's going on and find an evidence base, which is what we should be doing in medicine, to then treat this problem of pain. And I think that really sort of hints at why we can find it really challenging to do. Yeah, I think that's a really good overview of why this is quite a complex topic, actually. Thinking about management, what should the aims of pain management be? Because I mean, the obvious answer would be, you know, to completely get rid of all pain. But I think that probably isn't very realistic. So in that case, what exactly are we aiming for with pain management? I mean, some of it goes back to what I was saying about how we assess pain and how we assess pain, not just in clinical trials, but how we should be assessing pain in our children and young people when they're in hospital. And that relates to you know, what are our goals? And I would say for pain management, I want to do a few things. I want to alleviate suffering. So I do not want any child to be in severe pain. You know, there are ways and means of us managing that. So that's the first thing that I want to make sure doesn't happen. The second thing is I want a child to be able to do what's important to them. And that probably is, you know, drinking and eating and moving. If you look at the Royal College of Anaesthetists, perioperative care, strategy. They talk about something called dreaming. And all that stands for is drinking, eating and moving after surgery. And I think that's a really good goal. That's what I want all my children to be doing on the, on the wards. And I think those are the sort of two main reasons to treat pain in the immediacy. Actually, however, there are long-term consequences of having acute pain. And that shifts me on to sort of what my long-term goals are. And those are twofold, really. The first is that certain surgeries are associated with getting long-term pain. So it's called chronic post-surgical pain, and it's pain that either lasts longer than three months or actually lasts longer than healing from the operation should have taken. And 
while certain surgeries associated with that, actually having high pain scores, so really intense pain after an operation is also a risk factor for that. So that's one thing I'm trying to prevent long-term pain problems in my patients. But actually, secondly, is a little bit more nuanced. And it's that we know that young people and children who experience really bad pain this then impacts on how they experience any type of acute pain in the future. So you'll have heard it from parents who maybe have come in for their second surgery or their child's been in hospital before. And even the sort of the babies, the parents might say, oh, yeah, but they know you're going to hurt them when you do that heel lance. Or they know that this procedure's, you know, can you see they're ready? They're getting upset before you've even started it. So there is something about laying down memory of previous bad pain experiences and it sort of makes one anticipate the pain being worse the next time. Actually, some really fantastic psychologists have looked into this and we know that the way we remember pain is not like a tape recorder. So we don't experience pain and sort of press the record button and record how it was and then when we press play again to remember what that pain experience was, it's not a direct representation of what happened the first time. So what we do is we interpret it. And so if you have a really poor pain experience, you'll actually remember it as being potentially even worse. That will then impact how you interact with surgical sort of procedures, but also healthcare professionals across the whole of your life. So you, we find that children who've had awful pain experiences Will avoid healthcare through into adult life and you know well into adult life. So actually there's quite a good reason as well for sort of long-term health benefits for me making sure my patients don't experience severe pain when they're a baby or when they're two or when they're five or 17. So I think the main take-home message is children experience pain and it's very common. And it's important to realise there are long-term consequences of having acute pain. So we need to assess it and we need to manage it. Thank you, Helen. That's been a really great introduction to acute pain in paediatrics. And I think has really highlighted why it's such an important problem and why it's also quite a challenging issue. In the second part of the episode, released next week, we're going to be moving on to discuss management in a little bit more detail and talk about what an optimal pain management pathway for a patient coming into hospital might look like. So we really hope you can join us then to find out more. The team at the Gosh Learning Academy would love to get your feedback on the episode, as well as hear your suggestions for future topics you'd like to hear on Gosh Pods. You can find a link to the feedback survey in the description for the episode. If you want to hear more about the work of the Gosh Learning Academy, you can find us on social media, on Twitter, Instagram and LinkedIn. Or you can visit our website at www.gosh.nhs.uk and search Learning Academy. Thanks for listening to Gosh Pods and we'll see you next time. Goodbye.